Welcome to the Teachers Who Quit podcast, the number one podcast for teachers who quit or really want to. And I'm your host, Tierney, your ex-teacher bestie. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Amanda. I'm so excited to have you on the Teachers Who Quit podcast to kick us off. I'd love it if you just introduce yourself for me. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, First podcast recording of 2022, so loving it. Uh, And I never thought in my wildest dreams I would be on a podcast all about teachers who quit. (laughs) So, um, but my name is Amanda Smith. I'm the CEO and founder of Dallas Girl Gang here in Dallas, Texas, and business coach. Um, That is my thing. Um, Also a content creator, uh, work with lots of brands in partnership, and I, I quit teaching in 2020 after seven years. Love it. Okay, so so many questions already at the forefront of my mind. But first, we have to take it back to the beginning. So Amanda, if you would please take us back to the point where you were inspired to become a teacher. Like, why did you ultimately um, want to pursue that career in the first place? Yeah, I went to a small Christian college in Arkansas. And I come from a family of educators on both sides of the family. So it just is kind of in our blood. Um, and I also grew up like in the church and and like volunteering. And then I ended up working and working with kids a lot. Um, and so had a huge, you know, set of experience in, in that way. Um, and then I, music had been a part of my life. So I was a music teacher. That's my, that was my certificate or is my certification pre-K through 12th grade. So anything. Um, and I'd always been a singer. I picked up a guitar when I was 10. And then moving into college, I was like, well, I, you know, am I going to go the route of like working in the church? Am I going to go the route of like trying to do the musician thing and like be an artist or am I going to teach? Those are kind of your options. <laughs> and so um, I, I really felt like, okay, teaching is, it's a good thing. Like I like kids and I had really incredible music teachers growing up. Um, you know, my elementary music teacher, she made it fun and she made it exciting, even though she was older. Well, even when we were little, she seemed super old, but she wasn't, um, you know, and she made it fun and she, she taught us even if you weren't musically inclined, anyone can, can do this. Um, and so going into college, I, I, I dove in. And as a music education major, you have basically two degrees. You have the whole music route you have to finish, which is just as difficult, at, if not more probably, than, and then you got the whole education route. Um, and I was determined instead of nine semesters, I was going to finish in eight semesters and I did just that just didn't want to stay an extra semester um and that's kind of where it it kicked off love that okay similar to you you know the church plays a big role in my life as well um when I was growing up I mean grew up in the church everything and really it's my faith that had ultimately fueled me to even want to go into teaching in the first place my original career okay i was an econ major in college my original career passion was to take that econ degree 
and to use it to go into either the business side of the fashion or the entertainment industry. I grew up, you know, watching MTV, Laguna Beach, The Hills, and all this. And I was like, this <laughs> is my life, LC, Kristen, like obsessed with that show. And I became the dreaded like fashion intern, really pushing garment racks down New York City one summer. And that was my dream. That's all I wanted. I probably pitched, so to speak, like <laughs> over a hundred like fashion companies, like, please let me intern for you. Like this is yeah. that's a pattern of mine. Like I have these dreams, get it, peace out, try again, <laughs> something else. But um Ultimately, I ended up pivoting into saying, nope, I'm going to pursue the route of becoming an educator because I wanted to do something that was beyond me, like not motivated by selfish ambition, so to speak. And my faith played a large role in navigating me down that path. So, yeah, I hear you on that. And I'm loving this elementary music. So I'm wondering, like, do you have a specific grade level that you love the most? That's a good question. Well, I did one year of middle school through high school, and I quickly was like, oop, nope, can't can't go that way. Because uh, I wanted to be their friend. I wanted to be their buddy. And it's, yeah, I can't do that. And I was also, I looked like I was their age because I've got a baby face. I was 21, <laughs> fresh, fresh, fresh. And uh, it just didn't really work out. So elementary was my, my jam. I really, man, I think like third grade is just cream of the crop because they're just enough independent, but they still love you and think you are just the bee's knees and they will play with you and they will talk like third graders will not judge you. And that's great. <laughs> you know, most of my career, I taught elementary here in Texas. Some, a lot of elementaries go kindergarten through sixth grade, which I think is too old. But yeah, so third grade, sweet spot. Love it. I started teaching in third grade. So um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of a program called Teach for America. Yep. But that's what brought me into the wonderful world of education. And contrary to popular belief, I stay way beyond a two-year commitment, okay? Still in the work to this day, just in a different role. But they placed me right in that third grade classroom. And I was there for a good three years before, like, trying out fourth grade. And I went to fifth grade. And I did do sixth grade. Sixth grade was fresh. Just last year was doing that virtual and in-person at the same time, both groups. Bless you. Yeah. Um, so anyways, you know, that was that was my quitting. That was my breaking point right there. That's why I was like, I'm not coming back. Yeah. 2021 is over with for y'all. Yeah. Um, but speaking of that, I would love to talk a little bit more now um, into can you paint a picture of what type of schools did you serve in? So I know like with Teach for America, only Title I schools, low-income communities, black and brown kids. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of schools did you work in? Uh, exactly what you just described. All Title I, uh, my whole career. And what's funny is I didn't necessarily do it on purpose. <laughs> um, and I don't know that anybody does, you know, especially when you're first starting out, like, you just need a job. And, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I taught my first two years in Arkansas. And if anybody knows anything about Arkansas, it is education, not number one in America, 
And so, um, you know, small towns and a lot of schools are Title I, not everybody. Um, and I don't know the statistic. Um, and then when we moved to back to Texas, um, I went straight into a district near Dallas. And it was, you know, the, I, I think traditionally the closer you get to the city, to a metroplex, the the higher rate of, of Title I and low income and socioeconomic status, you know, free to reduce lunch kids, all those things. And that was my um, experience. My first elementary role in Texas, I was actually traveling at three campuses. And it was at first I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't can I do this? And then I realized those roles get to do kind of whatever they want. <laughs> you just go where you're needed, do your job, and go to the next school, you know, and uh, you can kind of fly under the radar. Um, you know, I don't, I mean, I couldn't do it for a long time. I, I told them, I said, I could do this for one year and then I want to go to a permanent place. Um, but yeah, that was my experience was Title One, um, and not all Title Ones are bad or rough, but again, a lot are, and it was rough. <laughs> I'm a diehard Title One, and it's so funny I say that because just just like you in Texas, grew up in Texas, still living in Texas. The only time I wasn't in Texas was when I went to college, and I went to college in Georgia. So with that, um, I will say that I, I, I love serving in my Title I communities, but I grew up going to a private Christian school, K through 12. Oh, wow. so it is vastly different from where I've worked in the schools that I've always worked in. And that's been a very interesting experience for me. And that's truly what encouraged me to even like want to go uh, pursue like education through Teach for America specifically, because I had no idea how the public school system was structured. And then in the like inequity that existed within it. And when I just happened to stumble upon taking some education classes um, in college for some elective credits, I found out about, you know, this thing called like the opportunity gap. And then I found out about, you know, systemic injustice and this and that. And then these kids get this education because of the zip code they live in. And I'm just like, I'm not okay with that. And so that's ultimately what encouraged me to want to go into education. It was kind of like my why. And I would love to kind of pivot gears a little bit and ask you, what exactly was your pivot point? So before we like get into it too deeply, when was like the first moment you knew like, I want to quit? <laughs> um, like initially, like very beginning, yeah. thought entered your brain for the first time. I couldn't tell you the like the day, I think it was probably 2019 where and I, and honestly, I'm being 100% honest when I say this, I went through a lot of trauma in my last school that I think I've blocked some of it out. <laughs> so I would say 2019, I think I was like on a lunch break. And you know, lunch is fast and it flies by. Um, and so 
I was working on my laptop and eating and I had my business. I started my business in 2017. So in my lunch breaks and before school and maybe if I had an extra planning period, you know, I'm working on my business. Like, don't tell anybody I was working on my business. And I realized I had so many emails. I was like, oh my gosh, I just made at this point, at that point in 2019, I was like, I think I've surpassed my teacher's salary. Now I wasn't paying myself at this point. Right. And, and it does not mean that's, you know, I didn't pay myself $50,000 that year. It was different. Um, and I just thought, I don't, I don't think I want to do this forever. You know, I don't, I don't think I want to teach forever. And it was kind of like a thinking feeling because I initially I felt bad because a lot of people are career teachers. That is absolutely okay. My grandmother, my grandfather, my other grandfather, all career teachers, 30 years, retired, blah, blah. And I just don't think that a lot of this generation is going to do that. But you know, I had that feeling and I was like, oh no, how am I going to figure this out? I got to make more money. My husband's going to freak out. Um, I'm going to have to leave these kids, you know, all those things. And, um, it was, it was probably a moment like that if I had to guess. Okay. So the business was started in 2017, like in 2017, you were entering into being the business coach. So 2017, I had moved back to Dallas and was looking for community. Long story short, started a community called Dallas Girl Gang, started a Facebook group, right? Then it evolved into people wanted to meet up. And so I was like, well, I can just throw some events together. So then it became events, podcast, conference. Then brands started to take notice, brand partnerships. And uh, so 2017, 18, 19 was all Dallas Girl King. End of 2019, people started asking, well, how'd you do this? Like events and marketing and blah, 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 blah. And so I started to kind of like on the side, help people here and there, but I didn't have time. So that's kind of where I was. Okay, got you, got you. And we're going to get there for sure because I have all the questions. However, I would like to know um, a little bit more about that year when you decided to quit teaching, which you mentioned was 2020. Mm -hmm. What ultimately made you quit? I think once I had that moment in 2019 of like, I don't think I want to do this forever. I really had to assess, is it just because it's hard right now or do I need to find a different school? So there was this period of like exploration of like, okay, well, let's find a different school. Let's talk to my boss in the music department. Let's talk here. Because our school, the last school I was at, went through three principals in three years. So you know how that goes. It was, <laughs> you know, you're shaking your head. I know. Um, and so once I realized I just don't, See this getting better and I just don't see this district getting better and I don't see this area uh like not geographically but like this system I don't see it getting better and 
I saw so many people around me, other teachers and educators, that they've already resolved to, well, this is just what I have to do. This is my job. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, what am I going to do? Go do something else. This is all I can do. And so I was like, I want to do something about it. And so um, my husband and I, it, it, I don't think it was one moment. It was a lot of like conversations with my husband and I and myself seeing, okay, what is the health of the business logistically? What's my cash flow? What am I saving? What am I making? What are the trends? You know, especially like end of 2019. Okay, let's look month over month, income, blah, blah. And then 2020 happened and the pandemic and um, things completely shifted and I had no clue. Okay, is this still going to work? What's going to happen? That's when coaching really took off. And we also decided to buy a house in 2020. So, you know, just like, let's just add some more chaos. It's fine. Um, and so once we decided summer of 2020, it like, it's now, it was kind of a, I think of it as like a, a graph of one line is growing, one line is declining. At some point they're going to cross and you have to make a decision. And that was my decision. It was like, if I don't do this now, the business will start declining, you know, and then my, everything else in, in my professional life as a teacher was already just kind of like a dumpster fire, <laughs> um, as well as the entire year of 2020. Um, and so I went into August, 2020 back to school and I, um, went to my bosses and I said, I will not be coming back after Christmas. I'm giving you this much notice because I know it's going to put you in a tough position to find a music teacher because there, I mean, there's only one for the whole school, right? Typically. Um, and so I gave them that notice and that was kind of what happened. Wow. Okay. And mid-year quitting, that's, mm -hmm. that's a different situation than that end of year because I'm in a lot of groups right now. People being like, I don't know if I can push through and make it these next few months to about June or end of May. I mean, just hanging on by a thread. So walk me through how you were feeling when you knew that you were about to go and approach this principal and tell them, hey, I'm about to be out of here in the middle of the year. Well, first of all, I already had lost complete respect for this principal as, as a leader and as a person. And so I had already got to the point of resolution with myself and with the decision my husband and I had made. And logistically on paper, there's almost nothing they can do. If I'm putting in my, and I was doing a massive courtesy, I wasn't giving them a two weeks notice like a corporate job. I said, I'm giving you four months to find someone. Like, you're welcome. And so I went into that. Of course, you know, looking back, I, I probably was nervous, you know. Um, but honestly, at that point, that was the tipping point of what everybody is now calling the great resignation. People had already been leaving. And honestly, I do not think they were surprised because of we had butted heads before, not in a bad way, but just didn't agree with things she was doing. Um, and our team, like the specials team of like art, music, PE, blah, blah. We all were very much like, always speaking our truth, always 
standing up for ourselves, advocating for ourselves, advocating for the rest of the teachers we work with because some people just won't speak up. Um, and yes, I, I, also, <laughs> I also had a moment of like, I know I am 20 years younger than you. I could do a better job than you in two seconds. And so I have no problem coming in and telling you I'm not coming back because what's the worst you can do? You're not going to fire me. You need me. And, and that's just the truth. Like, that's the spicy truth. Like, you're not going to fire me. You need me. I'm giving you four months. You know, that, that was it. <laughs> and you know, principals can't stand teachers with that level of audacity. <laughs> and look, this was what was kind of my feelings in my head. It was a, hey, I want to have a conversation with you. I'm letting you know I'm not going to be coming back after. Christmas, I'm not happy in this job anymore. I'm not happy with with things that are, you know, happening here. You know my feelings and how things have just not gotten better. Um, and I have a business, and that's what I want to do. And that was really it. Right. And so, what were some of the things that was happening on that campus, if you don't mind, um, I don't mind. getting that picture for us? Um, a day at this school, first of all, it wasn't the kids. It's never the kids. Uh, and they're not perfect, but they are the, they're kids. They need to be taught and guided and, you know, loved and supported. Um, and that just wasn't happening. We had a, you know, Title I, we also had a behavior unit which was honestly a joke it was like they treated it like it was an insane asylum which is terrible um and it sounds a little heightened but i mean a, a day at this school could be you know multiple fights police are called someone broke a window uh someone stabbed another kid with a pencil in the back and left a hole in his back and then all of these things and no repercussions, no consequences. And I'm the one that gets in trouble for sending someone to the principal's office for all the right reasons, you know. Um, and I, I would I would beg to say if I had to give myself a score on classroom management as a teacher in my seven years, probably give myself a solid 85. Like I was pretty good at it. I had some room for improvement, but, um, you know, and so it was. I was always in a heightened state of mind and emotions, wondering what's going to happen today. Am I going to get hit again? Am I going to have something thrown at me again? Is one of my kids going to get hurt again? Is someone going to get hurt in the hall again? Are the police going to be here again? Are we going to have to have another emergency meeting after school about what happened? Or is it going to get swept under the rug again? Is no one going to talk about it? That was a lot of what was happening. And emotionally and mentally for me, couldn't do it. Could not do it anymore. Um, so it was a very volatile, um, just unhealthy and, 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 and somewhat toxic um, environment. And like I said, it wasn't the kids. The kids, kids were dealing with things. Like I, you know, like I said, some of them were in for emotional disturbance and, you know, other other things they were dealing with but they're the kids we're the adults 
And so it should be handled differently. I hear you. And so, yeah, that kind of really is just sounding like lack of support. <laughs> oh, I've definitely been there. Hence why I'm even admin to this day, trying to be better than what I was given for. Many yeah. Years. Um, so uh, 85% on the classroom management scale. I have to talk about that one because <laughs> that's my thing. Okay. I can talk yeah. about that for hours upon hours upon hours. So, okay, 85%. All right, you're doing it. Um, so, ooh, I'm just like imagining that. And that really just, it does sound like a very um, toxic culture. And it mm -hmm. sounds like when you were um, even describing it, you had that heightened sense of like just emotion. And that yeah. sounds just exhausting. Oh, it was exhausting. Not sustainable. <laughs> so totally. And a kudos to you for the bravery, you know, and uh, to even say, you know, enough is enough. I am out. Um, yeah. because I do know that a lot of teachers tend to even teachers listening to this podcast. Now I've done quite a few polls on my Instagram and people will say like, I just feel guilty if I leave or I feel this sense of shame and I'm it's like, terrible. shame. <laughs> and, um, one thing that I wanted to talk about when you were mentioning, it's never the kids. I saw this TikTok the other day from a teacher saying it actually was the kids for me and I'm out. And I was like, clap, clap for you because, you know, I feel like some of the times people can say that um, because they just, they just want to make it known. Disclaimer, it was not the kids. I'm not walking out on them. Don't come for me. But you know, if it was the kids for you, Hey, we understand. And that mm -hmm. is too. Mm -hmm. um, so. And you know, I think I think my point in in always saying that is there wasn't a kid there, whether it was one of the frequent flyers always doing something or you know really needing lots of help from from whatever disorder they had or whatever to anybody. It's not their fault. Yes, sometimes it's their fault. They're being malevolent and they're being little buttheads and they're like, I'm going to punch him because I can. And I know the principal isn't going to do anything and whatever for any number of reasons. Uh, and, and, you know, some of the times the behavior would get under my skin. But I always saw the potential for the kids to grow and learn. And then the disconnect was the teachers weren't being allowed to help that situation. And then there was just a lack of support for them, for the kids to be helped. You know, like that behavior program should not even exist in the way that it did. It shouldn't be some some of them should not be on a regular campus, which now my breath ruffles some feathers. Not sure. Um, but for me, like I loved every single one of the kids that I ever encountered. For me, it really was the leadership and the structure and lack of support, you know. 100%. And so I wanted to ask you too, when you came back to Dallas and you started teaching, were you always at that same campus in that district or did you ever go to another campus? 
So the first year I came back to Dallas, um, I was in um, the same district the whole time when we came back to Texas. But the first year was when I was at those three schools. And then the last three years, three, four years, whatever it was, I was at, at the same campus. Um, first year was amazing, fine. Then it would, just went downhill. Yep. I hear you. That's a very familiar story from many people. And so I'll table that. I want to move into this next part. That's okay. Yeah. I have a lot of questions to ask. We'll do it. I go down a whole nother trail, but let's talk about this business coaching. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So tell me a little bit you know some people may be listening to this and the coaching world is just so big online and all of that and so for those who don't even know because a lot of teachers are like oh, i want to quit but what in the world would i do yeah. and so just explain exactly what a business coach is what does that entail for you so the the transition from teacher to coach is almost seamless you know, and you would probably agree with what you do as well um, in, in a consulting capacity too. Um, but I really realized I do love to teach. So why not teach adults? <laughs> why not teach women like myself who are starting a business or growing a business? And I can help identify where I see the holes and the problems or possible solutions. And so for me as a business coach, I think there's all kinds of different business coaches. Um, but really in that capacity, there are there, I'm here to help you find what you truly want, why you are doing your business or why you want to start this business, whatever scenario, and how to best grow it for your specific goals in in the most simple terms that's what it is and so then we we of course you know dive into mindset things you know what's kind of tripping you up as far as like fears or you know anxieties about things um you know the way we talk to ourselves that's a huge part of it we dive into of course marketing um sales tactics right social media, PR, brand partnerships, all of those things are kind of my sweet um, spots. And, um, and and my goal too is for me personally, my philosophy is I, and this was my philosophy as a teacher and I just adapted it as a business coach. When my students, quote unquote, clients leave me, I want them to be better than they came to me. And so I want my clients to be well-rounded entrepreneurs. I'm not just going to teach you about marketing and Instagram. I'm not just gonna teach you about TikTok. I'm not just gonna teach you about Facebook groups. I'm gonna help you have a well-rounded approach and knowledge of really all of the buckets of what it means to be a business owner and then dive into specific things for you specifically so that when you leave me, you don't feel like there's many or if any gaps in your knowledge at that point. Um, so that is what that looks like for me. 
I love that. And business coaches, having one is definitely the way to go. Um, mm -hmm. I've had a business coach. I'm about to start with another business coach soon. And I definitely disagree with, like, if you know that you want to start a business or what have you, don't try to, like, do it on your own and reinvent the wheel. I definitely mm -hmm. believe that um, you should just follow the roadmap of someone who has a certain level of expertise rather than People say it all the time, like you can Google it to death and you can't, yeah. like if you Google long enough, if you have all that time, mm -hmm. you'll find your answers. But who has time for that? You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, especially a lot of people when they're in this stage of like, like teachers right now who are listening to this podcast sense of urgency, work with Amanda, like check out her mm -hmm. site because you need to follow somebody who has already been where you were and yeah. has had success, you yeah. know? And that's the thing, too, is finding someone, and I thank you, that's sweet for you to say, you know, finding someone, too, that is doing possibly what you want to try to do as well, not in, in the way of copying them, but, like, you know, I have experience in events, brand partnerships, scaling a business with a full-time job. Like, you know, those are some of the things that people really resonate with, right? And that's what you need to find is, and I talk about this all the time to my community, I may not be the person for you, you know, like you need to vibe with me. You need to want to learn from me in my approach and my philosophies and the, the knowledge and the value you're already seeing in my content before you move on, you know, uh, and like, you know, you need to check my receipts because I got receipts there's some coaches out there that are so good at marketing and they have really good branding and then it's just fluff it's cotton candy and that's you know unfortunate and I've heard it happen a lot it's happened to me you know and um that's I'm not here for that <laughs> Ooh, you spill it. ETT on that one. <laughs> that's like, yes, I hear that all the time because you know I've done my fair share of listening to this person, that person, this mm -hmm. person. But at the end of the day, it's just like what you said. You want mm -hmm. to be able to know that, hey, this is someone that I really want to learn from because mm -hmm. you know you can spend a lot of time. And also, I have found too that. Even me, when teachers come to me and they apply to work with me, I'm looking through that application like, do I want to work with them? Like, yes. it's that point where I've even become that selective. It's like, okay, you have cash in your pocket to invest in working with me, but do I really want to work with you? Yes. From what you said in your application, is your mindset even at a place ready to, like, receive what I have for you? Um, because, ooh, they, Yeah. I had to learn that one the hard way. Everybody does. Everybody does. You know, and that's one of the things in my, like, you know, this sounds so cheesy. I'm getting really tired of the coaching world lingo, if you can't tell. Uh, it sounds really cheesy. But my signature program, um, it's, it's the program that I built that I wish I had had in 2017 instead of Googling, like you said. Um, and that is what it, you know, almost like a, okay. Stop here. Warning. Before you continue, you can choose the people you want to work with. 
if you take every inquiry or every lead that comes your way three months down the road when you're working with them, you you might want to fire your client. And that is a no-go. That's not a good look. And, you know, and so um, that is one thing I want to help. And that's part of what a coach can do for you is like, let me help you get ahead of this. So you don't have to go through this, you know, aches and pains that I have dealt with or seen or whatever. So in your coaching business, um, do you work one-on-one or do you do your group programs? Only? I do both. Um, okay. You know, the, the group programs open up, you know, every so often, like my, my signature program um, opens, it is open now, excuse me. And we start, we'll start here for the, the fifth cohort um, here in the beginning of the year. And then I take one-on-one pretty much, you know, in, in limited capacity throughout the year. Um, and then in true teacher fashion, I absolutely love hosting master classes and workshops that are a great way for people to get introduced to my style or my brand in the way that I teach. And it's $10, $20, $90, whatever. It's a great place for people to start or just have extra resources. Um, so I love, I love, I love it all. And I think they all have a great purpose in, in serving different people. Yes, I did see that you have a TikTok um, masterclass coming up. So that's really awesome. I am a true advocate of using TikTok as one of yes. your lead generation platforms because I probably got on TikTok in June. Okay. And I am someone, one of my dreams, okay, mm -hmm. was to launch a YouTube channel and then I never have to teach again because it blow up and I live my best <laughs> life. Didn't happen. But <laughs> I spent all my time making these YouTube videos while I was working these teaching jobs that I wasn't really loving because of the toxic workplace I was in. And, you know, I put it down for a while. Right when it was kind of like I was getting a little more traction, I put it down because I decided to go back and get my master's degree. So I was like, that's my full focus. Then I knew, I knew, I knew that I was not going back to teaching after last year. I knew it. And I was like, Lord Jesus, you know, I'm pursuing this principal <laughs> certification. I'm in this program. My certification is going to be done. But in case I can't get somebody to hire me, I'm going to have a way out because I won't step foot in a classroom again. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so <laughs> I think it was like the first year, first day, excuse me, of 2021, like January or it what? No, it might have been like the tail end of um, 2020. And I found this person on YouTube. I, I watched everything and then they had this program and I was like, oh, my God, I'm buying this program. It was like the biggest investment. Like I'm somebody I just don't really like to spend money like that. That has since changed since then. Mm -hmm. Now when you invest and you get return on investment. Yeah. Um, but I went through that whole program and it helped me so much like launch this uh, business that I wanted to do that I knew would be my out in case I didn't get my job out of education uh, as a teacher and pivot into leadership like I wanted to. So anyways, I hopped on TikTok in June 
Okay, because I played around, I bought this expensive program, and then I didn't really do anything with it. And then I went back to it, and we came around to June. I hopped on TikTok, and now we got like 18,000 people later on my um, main TikTok, and I get every single one of my leads from TikTok. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I bet. Like, I will have people just going through binging. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, this is good. Tip, 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 tip. And I'm seeing all the likes come through. Next thing I know, application. And I'm just like, the power of the TikTok. <laughs> I love them so much. Um, so anyways, I'm saying that because y'all need to just go to her master class or whatever. Because TikTok is where it's at. It is literally, uh, it's the best. It is. But it's so fun for me. Like, I yeah. love it. It's, um, that's, that's the thing. It has to be fun or I'm not going to do it. That's just me. <laughs> that's facts. That is truly facts. Because, um, you know, a lot of people, oh, I don't want to get on video. I don't want to show my face. It's that and third. That's like my main place. Like I told you, I mm -hmm. did the YouTube thing. So I've always loved the video. Like the writing the blogs, I had that for a while. It takes too long. Mm hmm I like the podcast, but I wasn't familiar with that. So I didn't do the podcast for my classroom management situation. I did it over here instead. But anywho, yeah, you have to love it, right? And so mm -hmm. I want to know from you, like, what resources would you recommend for someone who wants to become a business coach? Oh, man. I think you really have to take inventory and, and sit with yourself on what's my expertise here? Based on the, my background and my life, what are people coming to me for? What are they asking me all the time? What am I already giving free advice on? What could I talk about until the cows come home? Um, and as far as resources, I mean, <clears throat> stuff like this and like our podcast, the Girl Game podcast, um, but I, I just think it, it needs to be super simple. What can you educate people on? How can you bring people value based on your skills and expertise and then really serve them? Serve them, give them value, share your opinions. You know, like it's more than just having knowledge and teaching something. It's, okay, I'm an expert and I want to be a thought leader in this area. And then you can create services or digital products or whatever based on those things. And then, yeah, people, you can help people. And that is how you can make money. Um, there's plenty of people out there, um, you know, helping people with this kind of thing. I can't actually think of like an actual resource or class or something that will teach you about business coaching. But that just would be my advice. No, that's really good. And so with that, for you as a business coach, what would you consider to be like your holy grail when it comes to resources that you use often um, for your work as a business coach? Tech tools and all that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love creative markets. You can find like so many great new fonts or templates, Canva templates. Um, you know, for like me as a creator and influencer, media kit templates. Um, I'm not gonna say Canva because everybody knows Canva. Um, 
I personally do like ClickUp for like digital organization. Um, if you are a pen and paper person, but you also need to organize things digitally, um, I just found this, people probably know about it, but I just found this notebook called Rocketbook and it's a reusable, yeah, you're saying, you know, um, and I actually just had a call with them. So we may be probably partnering in 2022. Um, but great option if you have to write stuff down, but you need to get it on your um, computer too. Let me take a look at my Chrome extensions. Let's just see. Honeybook, loves love some Honeybook. Yes. We partnered with them last year, um, as well as Flowdesk, we did as well. Um, and Thinkific. Thinkific is huge. We're in a partnership with, the, with them right now doing a workshop on how to actually sell your course in 2022 next week. Um, great platform. So simple, looks great. You can literally create and publish your school is what they call it in like no time. And it's, it's absolutely awesome. Love those tools so yeah. much. Um, I'm punching the air because <laughs> I have flowed this. But <laughs> then when they were doing their huge, like, get it now at this price. I was like, no. Yeah. Why did I do that? Why did I, I don't do know. Because now the price probably went up. It surely did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, learn that one. Love Honeybook, obviously. I'm yep. Honeybook. Yeah, you're a Honeybook girl. Obsessed with Honeybook so much. So good. Um, Thinkific. Okay, I have not created my own course on Thinkific. I started out in 2017. I created my first my classroom management plan course Ooh, on nice. Teachable. Yep. So I use Teachable. However, I have purchased one or two courses from um, Thinkific. That, that course creator has used Thinkific. Yeah. Um, so really good. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. And you know what, too? Think of it's a great platform, even just for lead generation, for like a freebie, a digital download, like easy as pie. Use that as well. And then it gets them into your school, like, like, like I mentioned, and you can drip out, hey, here's my other digital products. And then they're already subscribed to your school and they'll see here's what else I have going on. So maybe, you know, for those of you out there listening, and thinking about creating a course, do a freebie in there first, drive some traffic, especially if it has to do with the course that you're launching or whatever. And then you have a pool of people to launch your course to. Yeah, we definitely need more um, teachers making courses out here because some people just hop on creating a course and it's just like, we can tell you don't have that education background. You need some yeah. help. I've yeah. taken one too many courses from people who haven't had like education yeah. background, and it's yeah. like, baby, let me just restructure yeah. this whole thing. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I, I always say this. I think educators have a leg up as a business owner <laughs> because we have had to write so many lesson plans, evaluations. You know, for us in Texas, teaks and objectives. Like we've we've got it down. So. Yeah. Okay. One of those brands you mentioned, remind me once this call ends, once we finish the interview to tell you something. Okay. okay. 
because I'm going to forget, but I'm going to tell you something. Okay, so um, can we please talk a little bit more about Dallas Girl Gang? So it's a podcast, community, a podcast. Um, what will we hear a little bit of or what will we learn or what value would, would we receive? Because we know it's a lot of it when we tune into the Dallas Girl Gang pod. And I know you told me it's on pause a little bit, but yeah. it's starting back up soon. So yeah. tell us, please. Yeah. So Dallas Girl Gang in itself is a community for for women, obviously locally, but, you know, um, especially in our, our the digital world, anybody can be a part of what we're doing, especially our online events um podcast merchandise things like that and our conference um we did our fourth annual boss vision conference in 2021 and people come from all over the country for that and so yeah just just that disclaimer it's called dallas girl gang but all are welcome and our trademark our little trademark is you can sit with us so that is the spirit of of who we are and what we do um but the girl gang podcast is has traditionally like i said we're on a pause and we're, we're making some shifts has been really geared towards female entrepreneurs looking for value and takeaways to help them grow their business simple as that and so oftentimes it's either um, a solo episode with me just kind of going off of maybe i've been talking about it in my personal content or a blog post or something that came up with a client of mine that i want to turn into an episode really address um, but most of the time, it's an interview with another female founder, business owner in their expertise, in their zone of genius, in their niche. Um, and so that's been, it's been, oh my gosh, incredible to meet and talk to some of the people that I have had the privilege of interviewing over the years. Um, and like I was telling you, I felt personally just a little bored. Of what we were doing because I thought it was like everyone else's and so I think there's a little bit of that that we're gonna keep doing um but I want it to be more obviously valuable but entertaining like I want I want people tuning in every single week you know for me the podcasts that I listen to they're not educational they're entertaining that's what I listen to when I'm working when I'm driving, you know, when I'm working out, whatever. I want it to be entertaining. And so that's our goal for, for this next year. Um, but yeah, you better believe we're going to provide some value as well. I love that. I'm wondering, like, are, what are some of the podcasts you listen to? Is it like Call Her Daddy or something? <laughs> so here's the deal. I love, I do love a good interview format podcast. I will say that. Um, I love uh, Skinny Confidential, uh, the Papaya podcast of um, Sarah. Dear oh Media gosh. Productions. Yeah, dear. I, lo I love shows from Dear Media for sure. Um, and no one is going to know what this show is, but it's called My Brother, My Brother and Me. It's these three brothers that grew up in West Virginia, and they started a podcast like ten years ago, and it is just silly and stupid and they I don't even know how to describe it like it's just three brothers goofing around you know it's a comedy podcast that's what they call it it's a comedy podcast and that is my jam personally um 
So I'm listening to that. I I listen to old episodes. I listen to stuff over again. Like it's just it's that's what I love. Got you. So um, are they someone who also records it and puts it on YouTube? You know what? I could slap these boys because they don't. I wish they did. <laughs> they put it. Um, I mean, they have a they have millions of listeners. Um, they're big into Twitter. They they have some stuff on YouTube. They even created their own like short lived TV series um, in 2017, and they also do like another podcast with their dad, which is really fun. Um, they're kind of into like the comic book Dungeons and Dragons world too. I don't. That's not necessarily my jam, but their their comedy podcast is really great. Um, I remember they read an ad for HoneyBook one time. <laughs> And they were goofing about it so much. They were like, and HoneyBook, we're sorry. We're, you're probably not going to pay us for this, but that's okay. And then HoneyBook never did an ad with them again. <laughs> I was like, is this for real? It was so funny. I heard them reading the ad and I was like, why are they doing an ad for HoneyBook? But I, I was like, it makes sense. There's millions of listeners. You know, a percentage is bound to be business owners. Um, anyway, it was, it was super funny. So funny, funny, funny. Okay. So with this boss vision conference, cause I was like, Oh my God, I need to go to that. So when is it happening this year in 2022? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Um, usually we have it in the fall this last year. We had it late October, probably do the same thing this year. Um, but no, your girl has not set a date for that yet. But, you know, TBD. So is it always in person or have y'all been offering in person and virtual? What we did 2020 was virtual. Um, this last year we did it in person. Super happy. Thrilled with how it went. Was not sure how it was going to go. Still had 200 people. I'm happy with that. And we recorded all of the content. So after the fact, you we repackaged all of the content from all the sessions all day for $10. So that's wow. available, like, until the next conference. Like, anybody can buy it anytime ever since we, we put that up. That's amazing. We yeah. need to um, link that in the description. Yeah. I definitely will. And so what ultimately inspired like the Boss Vision Conference? Is it because like what you were saying when you started that Facebook group, they were like, let's meet up. And that was like the first time that you had a um, meeting in person or? So after probably after a year of doing, you know, happy hours and brunch and doing a, a yoga class or whatever. I, we saw a lot of people were business owners, you know, at least, you know, it, it just started to become, I noticed it, it was a thing. And so I was like, well, I wish, that, and you know, I felt like a workshop wasn't long enough. And I was like, so we hosted like a one night, um, three hour event with like a panel of speakers and then a solo speaker, you know, photo opportunities, food, drinks swag bags, all the things. And I was like, dang, that was a lot of fun. And everybody was like, I wish it was longer. I wish there was more. I wish it was longer. Let's do this again next year. Can we do it a whole day? 
So then the next year, uh, we, we just kept doing it. You know, we, I, I wanted to create um, something for business owners where I could bring together some of the best of the best to teach people trying to learn and soak up and soak up things. Um, my, my favorite thing was having Jacqueline Johnson of Create and Cultivate as our keynote in 2019. She was wonderful. It was, we had it in the summer at that time because I was still teaching. So I was like, we have to do this in the summer. That's all we can do. Um, so it was super hot, but it was wonderful. Um, and, you know, 2020 was, it was what it was. It was great, but, it, you know, it's not the same thing. And then this last year was probably the best, you know, so far in the way that the design came to life, the brands that we had. The speakers that came, um, it was just super special. Okay, so definitely putting that on the list. October twenty twenty two. Gonna look out for that. I mean, I mean, you're in Dallas. What is that? Four hour drive? Yeah, that's nothing. Um, unless it's like it's invite only. <laughs> Why would it be invite only? No, I'm just kidding. Cause the whole slogan, you can sit with us. You know, yeah. I'm most welcome to all. And I love that. I love that you got that trademark too. That is smart. And then you can tell you're a business coach. So um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit. We're at the we're towards the very end of our episode. I could ask. Amanda, a million and one questions, but we have to talk about brand partnerships, okay? Yeah. I don't want you to, I don't want this to um, stand in the way of anything, you know, but if you could, if you're willing to, will you let us know, like, what has been your favorite brand partnership that you've done thus far? Like, your number one. Oh, man. Uh, I, oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I have to say, Probably Athleta. Athleta was our presenting sponsor for the conference this year. And also, let me just tell everybody that's listening. If you're like, oh, I want to get a big sponsor, blah, blah. If it's a big corporate brand, expect it to take a lot of time. <laughs> we, we tried to get on the phone for months. And when we did, we negotiated and did not sign contract or invoice for two more months. So it just takes a while. Corporate, and that's just how most negotiations go. So the person you're talk to, talking to has to get approval from their boss, blah, blah. Um, but that's been my my favorite. I love brand partnerships. I love pitching. Um, Low-key, I've actually been, uh, do people say that still? Low-key, I don't know. I'm, I do, I feel, but I'm a millennial, so. Me too. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have started pitching for people now. Like, like right now I have, and, and this is just something I'm testing. I'm not like offering it as a service, but um, I had a friend who was like, I am homeschooling my kids now. I just need, and she's an influencer. I just need someone to help me pitch and negotiate deals for me and I was like I don't do that but I would do it for you we'll see how it goes you know but I, I love it I love everything about it I love that and so um 
let's say we have a listener on on this podcast and you know how big like teacher gram is and stuff it's like yeah. every gen z teacher nowadays want to be an influencer we're yeah. not going to shape them or whatever you know that was my dream too as yeah. a young millennial you you mentioned how you were 21 teaching i, I was also 21 when i first started teaching yeah. so I'm a, I want to be an influencer. Oh my God. Okay. I want to work with my favorite brands. What's my first step, Amanda? Good question. Um, take your time. Do not just rush in to their DMs or send them an email before you know what the heck you're doing. Please. Like, because you're going to look back. You know, there's a trend on TikTok right now that's like, it was so bad. And I can't give you a zero, so I give you a one. That You're going to look back and have a moment like, ooh, why did I say that? That's so cringy. And let me just tell you, like, I've had so many cringy pitches. Not even funny. What I would say, first step, decide what actually aligns with you. Yes. Old Navy and hot tools and Garnier hair care and you know whatever great but when it comes down to you creating content about it posting about it having a contract with that brand are you gonna be gung-ho Ooh, I'm so excited to talk about this like when I started talking about Thinkific a while ago talk about it forever I love the product I use the product right if I got approached about what's something I don't care about I don't know if I got approached about underwear I mean I care about underwear but like I'm not gonna go I'm not the kind of person that is gonna try on underwear for you in a video maybe I might evolve to that one day I don't know but like that's not me so I'm not gonna pitch that kind of brand um I had an opportunity to pitch a brand this last year for our conference and I knew if I pitched them, I'd probably get some money. That's just from what I knew about the brand and from the PR agency that we were working with for the conference, I just knew we probably would. But I found out some things about the brand that I could not sleep at night if I ever took money from them. For just for me as a person in my values, I couldn't align with that. And that was not going to sit with me. So before you jump into stuff, know what you want. and then. Pitching can be simple. Do not send people long pitches. Don't do it. And then last super simple tip, you have to follow up. If you don't follow up, you're going to leave probably thousands of dollars on the table because I don't think there's ever been a time I've pitched and they immediately come back and say, absolutely, how much? <laughs> like, you have to do your due diligence. Um, that's just how it works. I love that. And so I know that you're doing a course, Pitch to Pay. So when can people start enrolling in that course? Uh, so right now it's on pre-sale. And okay. it's on Thinkific. Um, it's in my Instagram bio. And if you get it on pre-sale, I'm launching it in February. If you get it on pre-sale, you save $100. So the course is $297. But if you do pre-sale, it's $197. And why am I screaming? Because literally just bought a course <laughs> talking about that. 
And then I see oh my God. that you are doing that. And I'm just like, seriously? seriously? Why? I was- and just to put it in, in perspective, now, of course, like consulting is different. It gives you one-on-one time with me, like extra support through the whole process. But my consulting for brand partnerships and pitching and stuff is 500 an hour. And I do minimum of five hours. So if you're, you know, not down for that yet, do do the course because what I I'm really honestly literally going to put all my secrets how I do stuff in this course period um full blown a to z right a to z a to z that's right I love that so much and we have spent a lot of time here and I know people are going to just love all the nuggets that you shared throughout this podcast but where exactly can the listeners connect with you further online, Amanda? Yeah, well, I'm on TikTok. Amanda's in Dallas. And then same handle on Instagram. And then Dallas Girl Gang. Anywhere, any platform. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. Um, biggest way you can connect if you want value and updates is through both platforms' email list. They're both in the link in bio on Amanda's in Dallas and Dallas Girl Gang. Um, literally the best way to get into our world. Thank you for listening to the Teachers Who Quit podcast. Keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe and leave us a review to get a shout out on our socials. And remember to shamelessly choose you.